This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. All right, welcome to another In Class. And this time we're going In Class with Carla, the Soul Food Edition. So let me welcome Carla Hall. She's a top chef, of course, but she's a culinary anthropologist. That's what I'm going to call her because she does dig in deep into food. And we're going to explore different foods. Today, it's rice. And I saw a video, Carla, first welcome, 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 and subscribe. And we're going to put all of her, the information for her books and how you can follow her in the description. So go to the description and don't be lazy and subscribe and give a thumbs up. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I love that you're doing this. And mainly because we black people, um, we don't know our history. And without knowing our history of food, we don't know why we should be proud of ourselves and the things that we have done. And, um, and we've believed history that has been given to us, you know? So I'm excited to talk about rice. Um, my, my family, a lot of them came from all, all over the South, but the Carolinas, and where they ate rice for every single meal to the point where when you leave the Carolinas, you're like, I don't want any rice. <laughs> but when I was doing my latest cookbook, Carla Hall Soul Food, I went through the South and I was talking to various chefs and I met a chef named BJ Dennis. And BJ, um, is Geechee, and he talks about the Geechee, um, the Geechee community and how that culture is leaving and how, you know, it's disappearing. And, and he is all about maintaining and holding on to it by education. And I went to his house and he had this rice called a hill rice. And this was a lost grain of rice, I think from Trinidad. And it is a perennial. And so it's not the kind of uh, rice that has to be flooded to grow. Like anybody can grow this rice in their backyard, right? What? And he showed me this rice. And his, his whole thing was about getting this rice to come back. And so he brought it back. Um, Glenn Roberts from Anson Mills basically was in this with him and some meals and all of these grains because you need somebody to try to cultivate this rice and for a year they were cultivating this rice in order to um bring it back so so that's bj dennis but i also want to say in this journey i had met people from um sierra leone all these places where Africans are growing rice. So, and the reason before I'm starting- you get there, Before you get there, I, I, I was inspired last year, there was a video that went viral of African women braiding rice into their hair. And the story of the, the slaves, the, the, in, the, the ships that carried Africans to the new world. If you're eating rice in America, you're eating rice in America because some ancestor had the wherewithal to say, wherever they're taking us, we're gonna need to eat. And they braided, literally braided rice into, and, and they brought them here and throughout the Caribbean because Africans, we think of Chinese 
and, and of course the rice paddies of China are, but African cultivation of rice is probably the most ancient and we don't even know our connection to it. So if any, if you're eating rice in the Caribbean islands, if you're eating rice in the South Carolina, Carolina rice, I grew up on it as well. My, my, my grandfather's Geechee. And Geechee is the, the retention of African culture. So that the, those Gullah Geechee spaces are where black Africans got to maintain their culture, which is why they have that sing-songy way that they communicate. Yes. I just wanted to, that video just struck me when I saw it. But I'm so glad that you said that because um, it is that culture. So when people are talking about slave culture, I mean, people, when, when the slaves were coming here, there were people who were like, we need to learn how to grow this rice. So the people were just, I mean, you think about Carolina gold and how they were trading this rice like it was gold. That, that was um, making people rich, yeah. right? But the thing is when people are like, oh, slavery, like people aren't intelligent. When you, you have to understand that certain people were sought after so they could do certain things in the new world. I mean, you're talking about Carolina gold rice, but you're also talking about black gold. And I'm not talking about oil. The people who had to come here to grow the thing that the people who were here from in the new country did not know how to grow. You're, I mean, you think about that. Yeah. Your, your, fate, your introduction to rice, because you know, we all come to this knowledge differently, right? We, you know, I, I saw a video and then it sent me down a rabbit hole because I'm like, is this true? And then you're, you're, you're a top chef. You're an amazing culinary uh, experiential cook. You know, you cook from your soul. Rice, was that always a foundation for you to cook? You know, in Tennessee, for me, it was more grits than rice, right? So we were, we were always eating grits. But when I ate rice as a kid, we ate it as a cereal. So when rice was on my plate, I was adding butter and sugar to it. Ooh. Yes, because in the Carolinas, it would be salt, pepper, and butter. Right. Right? And we were, they were like, no, like you would say to me, no, you're not putting sugar in butter. Yeah, no, that's a no. <laughs> like, right. So like a rice pudding type of thing you guys it, would do? It wasn't even rice pudding. It was like rice just from the pot plopped onto my plate next to the peas that I would add as a child. I would add butter and sugar to it. And it's, it's the same thing that I feel about cornbread, like, you know, sweet cornbread going north. I don't know where that came from for us. And that, that's where you get into the rabbit hole, like where that, where that started to do sweet versus a savory rice next to savory things, you know? But that's how, as a child, we would eat our rice. Then it became the, the rice under the gravy. So when you go to a soul food restaurant and you think about what are the different sides you're gonna get and you have your um, smothered pork chops with gravy, that would generally go with rice, right? So that gravy over rice and then you'd have some kind of 
green beans or your squash next to it. Everybody has their combination of things that they would get, but that rice generally had gravy on it. Mm -hmm. So, so when I, when I'm a kid and I, and I'm visualizing going into that soul food restaurant, for me, it was all about the sides. So I, I didn't really care about the meat because I was like, oh my gosh, there's so many choices, like where the sides. But interestingly enough, I never got rice as my side <laughs> because I was rarely getting the meat with the, the smothered meat. Right. With gravy. The gravy. Mm -hmm. So when did you, did you ever fall in love with rice? Because we had rice at every meal. My, my father, I remember the box of the brown box of Carolina rice. That was a staple in our cabinet. We had mm -hmm. rice with just about rice, pork and beans and rice. We had lima beans and rice. We had black eyed peas and rice, red beans and rice. Like there was always a rice dish every night. My mother would cook. And even at the, when we get Chinese food, the rice was important, you know, it was important. Mm -hmm. So you didn't grow up with rice. I did. So, you know, to learn the culture of it made me even more proud that this is why I'm eating this rice. Cause somebody came over here and taught these people ratchet people how to these colonizers how to do this this is our culture this is our history and anybody eating rice think an african that's all right but it makes sense in the carolinas because of the prominence that it had you know um in growing the rice it, of course it makes sense i mean if you're going to get rations of meat you're going to get a lot of rice right you know to feed your family it, it makes sense as you're moving away from the carolinas for us it wasn't so much rice, but rice was still for my grandfather who was from South Carolina. Um, my grandmother made him rice every day. But when we were going to her house for Sunday suppers, it was rice and, right? right? It, um, because she, she was from Tennessee and he was from, um, he was from South, he was from Columbia, South Carolina. So when he passed away, the, that daily thing of the rice sort of receded. Summer is made to get things done. Why else would the days be longer? And I get it. Who wants to take classes this time of year? You do, especially in this time, because you're tenacious and you know that working hard will pay off for the rest of the year. Heck, the rest of your life. Be your best, most tenacious self this summer. Get to work on earning your degree at Ashford University. At Ashford University, your classroom goes with you. The classes are built for summer funds. You can learn from your patio, the beach, anywhere you are. Ashford University's expert faculty teaches real-world skills, drawing on their years of real-world experience. And you can pursue your bachelor's and master's degree in one of Ashford's 60-plus programs like business administration, healthcare administration, and psychology. And best of all, Ashford's programs allow you to learn on a convenient and flexible schedule that you can take online in the sun. With 24-7 access to your classroom, daily support, and financial aid available, Ashford gives you the tools you need to help achieve your goals. Be your best, your most tenacious self this summer. Apply to Ashford University today. There's no fee to apply or standardized testing required to enroll. Go to ashford.edu slash Karen. That's ashford.edu slash Karen. Ashford.edu slash Karen. Not all programs are available in all states. You know, and I, I didn't even think about it until now. Mm. You know, when you're like, ah, oh, that's why we had rice, because that culture. And that's how 
that's how culinary culture travels through people, through things that they want, through the food memories that they need. When I, um, so for me, rice, I, I absolutely love rice. And when I started having like Chinese food, when you go to a Chinese restaurant and the, the woman who co-wrote my books, Genevieve Ko, I would see her uh, at restaurants. So if we went to a Chinese restaurant and so it would have the bowl of rice. And then it was for the first time when, when I go to a Chinese restaurant, I would have all of my little, um, we'd order several things and I would put them on a plate and then I would have the rice sort of in the middle of the plate and all the things around it. It was the first time um, about 10 years ago that I saw her take the bowl and she would take all of the little, um, whatever the food that we got to put little bits of it in her personal bowl because they give everybody a personal bowl of rice and she would just eat from the rice bowl with the little bits and bobs in the rice bowl. And I was like, huh, do, do you eat yours like that? Your Chinese food like that? Yes, I do. Rice, rice is a, is center. I'm now. I'm such a rice connoisseur. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm doing this green jade rice. I love the black forbidden rice. I'm, you know, of course the basmati. I I I've sampled all kinds of rice. I love them all. I love rice, black beans, all kinds of beans with my rice. Like I, pretty much would eat rice every day if it wouldn't make me three hundred pounds. So, because I can't stop, I have no impulse control. So I. But to that point, so think about, so we're, we're talking about the hill rice from, um, from the Caribbean, right? And you're talking about basmati and um, black forbidden rice. Um, um, those are all Asian rices. But now there are rices coming out of, and I say coming out of only because we've just discovered them, the red rice coming out of Liberia. Mm. And, and then we talk about the broken rice, um have you rice. so the broken rice are it's like the the rice hull and this it sometimes you will see it's called rice grits this is also the rice that people back in the day when compared to the chinese rice was inferior but this is our rice in our culture so when you look at the rice that is eaten sometimes in Africa, they are eating the Chinese rice because the Chinese came in to grow their rice, right? So most of the rice in Africa is Chinese rice because they were told that their rice was inferior. And, and this was from, I remember having this conversation years, I mean, decades ago from somebody at the World Bank. So they were do they travel so much. And I was like, and I, I I was into food, but I wasn't into going into the rabbit hole of food. And I was like, if we came here, black people were enslaved to grow rice. Why is it that they are not growing and eating their own rice in Africa? Come on. It, it, it doesn't make sense, right? Oh, it does though, because if, right. Right, if the narrative is, is everything black is bad, then, and, and, and this is the, you know, everyone's like, oh, we should go back to Africa. But to be colonized to me is almost worse than being in bondage because as we mentioned with the Geechee and the Gullah and all throughout the Caribbean islands, the retention of culture, the retention of religion, the retention of 
pride and self actually understanding of who you are is far more in, indelible than someone coming in telling you, here's your God, bleach your skin, everything you do is bad for generations, you pass that along. Mm -hmm. hmm. well, you just said something just now that they don't even grow their own rice in Africa that they were brought here to do. That's crazy. Right? When you think about that, you're like, wait a minute. And, and the, the trip that it does on your head um, that you are not good enough. You're, the thing that you have been doing that, that was just totally... Here we are in America and we have the, the freedom to fight. I mean, we, we've been through so many things and we think, oh, we're going to go back because it's going to be that thing still waiting for us the way that it was when we were taken. And like you said, it is not. So now people are getting into loving and growing and, and respecting and understanding that, wait, we have something here. So you will see more grains coming out of Africa. Where do we get your, you know, as you travel, as you're speaking, I'm like, you know, I, I go to Whole Foods and they go to the organic rice aisle and I'm like, ooh, uh, pink rice from the volcanic, what? Okay, let me try that. You know, like I'm just trying all kinds of rice. Mm -hmm. Where can I get rice, like the, the broken rice or, or the, the rice from Trinidad? Anson Mills has broken rice and you will oftentimes see it called rice grits. And then these little pieces of, of rice, but think about grits, which is made from corn but then you have it in rice form. But it's so a little you, bit bigger you than- the same? Do you, Would you make like um, grits and shrimp and, shrimp and broken yeah. rice? Uh-huh. So because it's broken, it gets a little creamier. You know, it's, it's really delicious. It's, it, and it's a different texture. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't think of rice grits and using them for something that you want, a fluffy rice, you know, right. uh, like a basmati. But think about it when you have the black forbidden rice um, where it gets kind of creamy and saucy. That's the way that I like to make it. Okay. And it's also a rice that kind of starchy and holds together. So if you're doing some kind of rice cakes or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, but you can also look up the red rice of Liberia. There are some rices coming out of Liberia that are really delicious um and as another grain in senegal they actually use phonia which is not a rice but it's another grain a really small grain and um what's it called phonio f-o-n-i-o so pierre Chiam. who and i happen to have his cookbook right here you're doing great car with these books just got them just a I mean, it was just right here. I know. All right. I love that. Okay. So Pierre Thiem is, this is, it's such a beautiful book. And, and he talks about Yasa chicken and, and the, the food of Senegal is so beautiful and so colorful that he has, and I don't want to say single-handedly, but every time I cook with him and he's in New York, every time I cook with him and talk with him, he's talking about phonia, which is another grain 
and it's it's from Senegal and he is bringing it here that he is doing a deal with Whole Foods so you will see it in Whole Foods and when you think about what it takes like the movement to get something from a country in Africa to import it here that is power and so when I think about the rices in um, Liberia and other places, and that's the work that we need to do, is to support, if, if we want to go back to Africa, which, which we probably won't, what you can do is go back with your dollars and, and your connections and have things come out. So you are helping the people who are there and exposing the people who are here and Black Americans to say, this is your culture because senegal was one of the largest ports you know we talk about ghana i just went uh in december and and but senegal was one of the largest ports that that brought people here the closest uh in that transatlantic slave trade and we don't even have those connections and food is 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 the biggest one of the biggest connectors that we have to who we are and to who we were and to who we can be, which is why I love talking to you about food. Plus, I'm a foodie and I love to eat. But you know, you, you have such a great understanding of it, and I'm grateful that we can have these discussions and you can help connect the dots for some of us. Uh, give us give us a, a little tiny recipe, a rice recipe, one of your favorites before we sign off. Okay. Um... I want, I want to share um, just simple, a simple, simple rice dish. Oh my God, you know, in my head, I'm like, oh, I'm so, <laughs> so, so often people don't know how to make rice and it's all about ratio. And um, if you do a basic pilaf, so onions, oil, just basic, and, th and this may be go against your sensibilities, but I'm gonna throw in some, some onions in that rice. Some onions and um, oil uh, or butter, and you saute that, you add your rice, it's all about ratio. So it's one part rice. Before the water, before the water you saute it with the onions and the oil? I, I saute the onions, and then I add my rice. I'm gonna do one part rice, so if I say, okay, um, one cup of rice and I, and I take that rice and I am mixing it in with the onions and the oil so that the oil is coating the rice. Uh, and this is with the long grain rice. So it's very different than what I would tell you with a short grain rice. So Carolina long grain. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, it, just they all cook differently. And that's the thing that people make a mistake, like all rice cooks the same. So I have my long grain rice in the onions, in the oil or butter, and it's coating. And then that's one part. So let's say it's one cup. And then I need two and a half cups of water. So I take my water and you know salt and everything in your rice. And you put your, put your water in, bring that to a boil. And then if you cover it and you put it in your oven for 17 and a half minutes, you will have perfect. Put it in your oven? I mean, I'm saying, and the reason I'm saying this is because people walk away. I try to give people a way to do right. And I'm on the, as a caterer, this is how I would do it because I get to do other things and I don't have to watch it. So what you're doing, 375 degrees in your oven, you take it off the heat, you finish the rice in the oven, pass it, you go on about your business and do what you need to do. 
you take it out, you fluff it with a fork, and there it is, it's done. I've never put rice in an oven. You just, you just said a word today. This is like, <laughs> and it comes out in the oven, your saucepan. Okay, Carla Hall, listen, that's why you do what you do. That's why you do what you, that's why you're the expert. I, I, thank you, thank you, because I've burned so many pots of rice. <laughs> What's that smell? You go upstairs, you start folding laundry or whatever, and you're like, ah, I left the rice on the thing. Do I put it on simmer? And then it boils over, and then you got a mess right. in your stove, and it's, thank you. Right. Okay. So we're, we're going to be doing watermelon and cornbread and all kinds of things, grits, your favorite. Uh, but I just wanted to do rice today, and I want to thank you for giving some time on, on a day that you probably would be sleeping and I appreciate you showing up in your kitchen. Honestly, talking to Karen Hunter is so much better than sleeping because now for the rest of the day, my mind is going to be going. <laughs> and that's why you're doing this and I appreciate it. Well, listen, I appreciate you. Follow her. Go into the description. I'm going to put that book that you just showed, the, the book from the Senegal uh, author. Well, I'm um, gonna put a link for that. Of course, your cookbook, how to follow you. Yeah, show your cookbook. That's right. So uh, beautiful, beautiful. Carla Hall, I love you immensely. You are a national treasure. Thanks for being here today. Thank you. Thank you.